Zoom fatigue is real, but the problems may lie deeper than that. A year into non-stop video conferencing and anxieties may have been creeping in all along. I'm Roger Chang and this is your Daily Charge. Here to talk about this issue is CNET editor Allison Tedesco Riom. Welcome, Allison. Thanks for having me. So uh, I want to be clear that even though we are connecting over Zoom, I did offer you the option to turn off your camera, which you have taken, and we are we are not actually staring at each other. So this is going to be an anxiety-free episode, hopefully. Hopefully. Yes, hopefully. much appreciated. <laughs> so uh, most people understand what Zoom fatigue is, but what is Zoom anxiety and how does it develop? Zoom anxiety, like Zoom fatigue, is this relatively new term that's sprung up during these pandemic times. And just to clarify, I'm using Zoom because that's essentially become a verb for video conferencing this past year. But I really mean any platform like Microsoft Teams or Google Meet or FaceTime. So while Zoom fatigue is more about the exhaustion that you feel when you're spending so many hours working and socializing over video chat, Zoom anxiety is kind of the different stressors that people feel on video calls. So that might be accidentally turning your camera on or having trouble finding unmute on time or not feeling like you have time to fix your hair before a call. And the anxiety also crops up from the social elements of video chat. Like it's a lot harder to read people's body language when you're in these little squares all staring straight ahead. And often there's a lot of talking over each other that happens and it can get uncomfortable. Yeah, definitely. Those those little interactions, I imagine, add up over time. Can you talk a little bit about some of the symptoms and like whether or not you have Zoom anxiety or whether or not it's just, you know, just sort of, uh, I guess, just the normal stresses of the day. Yeah, Zoom anxiety seems to look different for different people. Based on the people that I interviewed who reported feeling this way, some said that they would have trouble sleeping the night before a busy day of video meetings. Uh, another man said that he had dreams that he showed up on a call in his pajamas. And one woman said that she just lives in this constant fear that her very old dog, who's prone to flatulence, will get picked up on one of her calls and that her coworkers won't think it's the dog. <laughs> so it can be a lot of different things. And it may not necessarily be clinical, but just that feeling that's underlying your work day. Got it. And you've, uh, I know this is a relatively new problem, but are there any studies that have looked into this? We've seen a couple of studies about Zoom fatigue, but there isn't a lot of research on the anxiety element just yet. One survey from November 2020 asked 2,000 home workers about it, and people named three main sources. The first was having tech and audio problems that you can't fix, and then being unable to read people's body language, and finally feeling like you aren't being heard. And I think it's something that psychologists and other researchers are interested in, especially as so many workplaces move to full-time remote or hybrid workplaces going forward. So I'm expecting that we'll see more in the future. Got it. And this isn't necessarily just about work video conference, conferences, right? You, you talked about some of this uh, coming up from even your normal social interactions with friends and family, right? Definitely. Yeah, I think the feeling can extend to socializing with friends and family, too. I know for me personally, I'm in a book club. And before the pandemic, a group of eight or 10 of us used to meet once a month at a restaurant. And everyone was excited. And we'd talk over each other. But like, it was fun. And you could read people's body language and pretty easily tell when someone wanted to say something and shift the conversation to them. But once we transition to Zoom, it's become a lot tougher. Like people who are louder are the ones who tend to be picked up on there. And it can be harder to make your voice heard in the big group. And I mean, the format itself also just kind of feels more like a work meeting to me than a fun social thing. So I'm so grateful to have that way to connect with those friends. But I really can't wait to go back to some semblance of normal. Yeah, I know like when I'm when I'm with my friends in person, like we often break into, you know, smaller mini conversations, right? You sort of take someone aside to, to say something that maybe you only feel comfortable talking to that single person. Can't really do that with Zoom, right? Once somebody's speaking, there there always almost always has to be a dominant speaker 
for Zoom or for any kind of video conference. So it kind of, it takes away from some of that spontaneity and, and really kind of, it kind of puts you on the spot as a speaker, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It just changes the normal cadence of a social interaction. Now, your story talked a bit about the ways Zoom anxiety has manifested itself, including, which I found interesting, the irony of someone avoiding therapy sessions because they were conducted over video chat. Can you talk a little bit more about that and just some of the other ways that this anxiety has manifested itself? Right. So as I mentioned before, it seems to show up differently for different people. But one woman I talked to had some pre-existing mental and physical health issues. And once the pandemic hit, those got worse, as they did for a lot of people. And she had been going to therapy. But once it moved to the video format, she started avoiding it because she felt like she couldn't concentrate on what was happening or being said and was worrying about her reactions and if she looked genuine or bored or angry. And that anxiety was keeping her from getting treatment for her other anxiety, which is a real problem. And Luckily, you know, I had spoken to her a couple months ago for this story, and I did follow up with her last week, and I'm happy to report that she did start going and feels like she's in a much better place now. But you can imagine that that was probably a barrier for treatment for a lot of people. Absolutely. I'm glad I'm glad she's able to, to get over it. Um, but I, yeah, it's uh, video video chatting. Can certainly, I can see where it could certainly be a barrier and, and how it could be kind of intimidating for folks, uh, especially folks who are tend to be more introverted. Uh, you mentioned in your story that there are some double standards and and uh, how women are treated differently over Zoom and, and how that you know kind of contributes to this anxiety problem. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, so some aspects of Zoom anxiety do appear to be gendered to a degree. There have been a number of studies in the past about how in-person meetings and group settings can be biased against women. Like, for example, one found that men who speak for longer are viewed as more competent, while women who do the same are viewed as less competent. And women are also more likely to be interrupted or spoken over in meetings. And a lot of these issues can just be exacerbated over video chat since you really have to find those opportunities to cut in and make yourself heard over everyone else. But outside of the talking elements, a lot of women have also reported feeling stressed and being kind of apologetic over their appearance on camera, while men tend to worry about it less, about what what they're wearing, how they look, and one kind of celebrity example that we saw of this was at the Golden Globes this year when we saw Jason Sudeikis wearing a hoodie to accept his award via Zoom compared to most of the female nominees who were in full makeup and evening gowns. So kind of an extreme example, but illustrates the point. Right. Well, what are some of the other issues uh, highlighted in your story? Well, one issue that people of all genders are worried about are career opportunities now that most work interactions are happening on video chat. Working from home you know, can offer you fewer chances to build professional relationships, especially if you were new to a job when the pandemic hit, and your work might be less visible to your manager, and you might have fewer opportunities for those casual conversations that naturally come up in an office when you're you know, bumping into coworkers and talking about the work that you're doing. So we don't really know how all of this is going to play out yet, but it's something for managers especially to be aware of in terms of their employees going forward. Definitely. Those spontaneous water cooler moments or those networking moments where you just sort of run into someone in the office to have a chit chat. That just doesn't happen anymore, right? Everything has to be, there's nothing spontaneous. Everything now has to be scheduled. So I can imagine that's, that's a real problem. What are some of the possible solutions? Like what, what, you know, if, if anxiety is this zoom anxiety is something we're dealing with, what, how can we better manage it? How can we address it? Uh, what are some of the some tips that you might have? Yeah, luckily, there are a few solutions here. And some are more obvious and also related to Zoom fatigue and others less so. So in terms of logistics, you know, once you log into a call and make sure that you're in frame, you can actually turn off your self view. So you'll still appear to others on camera, but you don't have to stare at yourself during the whole call and worry about how you look. 
Uh, you can also invest in a camera shield or some tape so that even if you accidentally turn on your video, your camera will be blocked unless you remove that. And then if you're a manager or the host of a lot of these calls, you can really reevaluate the need for video. If you switch to cameras off or better yet a phone call so people can get up and walk around, that might be a better situation for some of these. And even if you're not a manager, you can try talking to your manager and your coworkers about it. And you might be able to at least make some suggestions like having an agenda or somebody to facilitate the meeting and make sure every person gets a chance to speak. But overall, I think the biggest advice is just to give yourself a break. If you've had feelings of stress or anxiety over video calling, you're definitely not alone. And most people are worried on some level, too, about their dog barking or the Wi-Fi dropping out or something like that. So at this point, I think everyone tends to be pretty understanding. Yeah, no, that's good advice. Uh, I know I, 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 I try to revert back to phone as much as possible. Uh, I know our, our lives could be inundated with uh, Zoom calls for sure. So... Thanks, Allison, for your time and those suggestions. Those are really helpful. You can check out her full story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash daily charge. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and rate the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.